verses 27. Um, and when you are there, just scream at me and say, I'm there. All right. So uh, verses 27, we're just going to read a few verses. Verses 27, it says this. It says, to a virgin exposed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in and unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, um, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Somebody just screamed Jesus. Jesus. There we go. That ain't even a part of my message, but goodness gracious, I just love to call his name. Um, so verse 32, it says, And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. I'm going to read this last verse, and then I'll have y'all sit down. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth she has also conceived a son in her old age and this is the six months with her who was called barren so father we thank you for this word we thank you for this moment we thank you for this time and god we ask holy spirit that you be in control in jesus name and everybody say amen, amen. and amen you may have your seats um, before we dive in deep, I do want to do this for those that are in the room as well as those that are watching online. Um, I want to be able to send out prayers and love. Sometimes we, we, we sometimes can forget that on this day is a day of celebration, is a day of thanksgiving and just thanking God for our mothers. Um, but we are also praying for those that in this season... Um, you are reminded of the mother that might not be with you close. Um, either, either your natural mother, um, someone that was like a mother to you. We want to be just continually praying for you. And we pray for the comfort and the strength of the Holy Spirit to be with you in this season. And we ask that even in this day that you remember the positives you remember the times of laughter and the times of love um, because those are the things that help us sometimes go and get through these moments so let's go ahead and we are going to dive into this conversation can i get just a little bit more um up top on the monitors um this storyline uh for some of us that know this storyline uh, that we just read is about a woman by the name of mary um the scripture context that we just read allowed us to be able to see that one, some major significant pieces. One, Mary at this time is actually engaged to a man by the name of Joseph. And um, in this moment, in this season of time, before this scripture context actually happens, there is an echo of time of where people have been waiting in anticipation 
for this man that was coming to be able to impact their world. Um, as we know, we know him by the name of Jesus. But from generation to generation, you had people waiting for this moment. You had women that were waiting to be this person. They knew throughout history and throughout time, they knew that there was going to come a time where God was going to touch a virgin woman and be able to use this woman to be able to produce the son of God. So every single generation, they were waiting to be that person. Every young lady was waiting to say, would I be that woman? Would I be this person that God is going to use to be able to do this mold or this miracle that we're about to see? And so now we get to a point in scripture where we see now this woman by the name of Mary um, is out doing some shopping. And uh, while she's out shopping, an angel comes to her and says, hey, Mary, you are a highly favored person, and we know that God is with you. Um, now, as I read this, I thought to myself, one, um, one, I think personally, I would have been terrified for an angel, which I know is very, very tall, very, very strong, muscular type be, um, being to be able to come to me and say anything first. Let's just clarify that. Um, but then two, to be able to call me something that in, in this picture of context, we can realize and see that Mary might not have seen that about her own self. Um, so you have this angel that says that not only are you highly favored, but God is also with you. And Mary says, I'm trying to figure out where you're coming from. All right. Where, where, what angle is you trying to play? Because you don't know me. I ain't never seen you before. And now all of a sudden you calling me highly favored and you saying God is with me. What is this trick that's about to go down? And so then she, then the angel starts giving unto her some information. Listen, you have been chosen by God to do something that is going to be great. The thing that you're about to do, I understand that you're a virgin. I understand you ain't married yet. I understand the whole picture. But understand what's about to happen is you're about to get pregnant. Now, um, again, for me, this whole conversation sounds very weird. One, I don't know who you are. Two, you and said something to me that I don't know why you saying it in reference to me being favored of God. But now you're telling me I am a virgin. We are acknowledging the same exact thing. But now you're telling me I'm about to get pregnant. Now, wait a minute. I understand the custom. I understand the laws. I ain't trying to do anything wrong. I ain't did nothing wrong. So how are you walking up to me and saying that I'm pregnant? All of this stuff in this conversation conversation to me is one of those things where it's like, ah, partner, this ain't making sense. So let me pause because all of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. So have you ever had a person walk up to you and start talking to you and they start saying something to you that didn't make any form of sense, but you didn't want to cut the conversation off because you were trying to figure out where you was going with this conversation. I don't know if you're trying to get some money at the end of this conversation. I don't know what you're trying to do. Is this a scheme? Is this a scam? What are you doing? But in this conversation, the angel was allowing her to understand there is something that's about to happen in your life that you don't also you don't understand how it's going to happen but I want you to understand I'm about to do something God is about to do something in you that you have been chosen to be the one to carry it somebody just say I'm chosen, I'm chosen. 
Now, in this context, we see something that I want to be able to break down because I understand that today is Mother's Day and I'm, I'm grateful and thankful for all the mothers. Um, while I'm in this, in this zone, I, I want to shout my own baby mama. Um, I love you, honey. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for letting me have two with you. Bless the Lord. And, um, and so God is good. So also love, love your mom. My mom's in Colleen. She's, she's probably in service right now. You'll watch this later. Love you and happy Mother's Day to you as well. I'm going to just go ahead and take advantage of the moment. So um, in this context, I understand, again, this is Mother's Day, but I also understand that everybody in the room ain't a mom. And so it would be, you know, kind of, I don't want to say wrong because we want to acknowledge and we want to respect the moment. But I, I, I want to be able to take this moment to be able to create a picture that as mothers we understand, but it's something that I want all of us to be able to feel included in the conversation. Um, I, I, I know this is probably difficult when you're sitting in a room with somebody, you know, me and my cousin, we do this a lot. You know, surely people around us will be talking or sitting around us and we be having side conversations that don't nobody else understand. And they'd be like, dude, why don't y'all just wait until we left? Like y'all could have had that conversation when we was gone. Now you got me feeling like a third wheel. That ain't even right. So I don't want anybody in the room to feel excluded in this conversation because I believe that what is being said is for everyone in the room. Amen. All right, so here we go. So in this context, we understand something. Let's get pragmatic. We understand that uh, I remember being in the birth room with both of my sons. And I remember when it was time to, for my wife to give birth to my sons. They were sitting in the room. She's sitting on the bed, you know, a little frustrated, a little agitated because of the pain and all the other things that come with giving birth. And um, I don't have no understanding of the pain that she has, but I do feel the pain that she's given. And, um, and so while she's holding my hand, squeezing me or looking at me like I did something wrong, even though we were both in this together, now we're sitting in this moment and I remember something when the doctor came. And when the doctor came, the doctor checked and was, it, was, it was time, it was time and, and, and Aaron, and while we're sitting there, the doctor makes this statement. And she says, now it's time to push. And I'm like, okay, now we ain't got to a moment. Now this is real. Like, okay, we've been sitting, we've been going through the whole nine month thing. And I ain't saw you go. Now it's the moment where we about to see what's been sitting in you this whole time. That we've been looking through other screens and seeing through these things in 3D. Now we can see in real life what this is. The thing we've been expecting to happen. Now it's about to happen. And the doctor says, I need you to push. The title of today's message, for those that are taking notes, is Baby Push. I believe that just like the context of where we see a woman that is in the mindset of having a baby and in this time of where she's sitting now in the posture or in the position of where she is now about to, what we would say, deliver what she's been holding for this time period, there is an understanding that the doctor knows that she is she or she is translating to the one that's been carrying this is the only way that that what's in you is going to come out of you is you have to push. 
You cannot sit there and think it's not going to happen. Like this, you, you have to push this thing that's in you out. So there, that means what's in you, the strength that I need, the, the, the help that I need, the assistance that I need is in me because I have the ability to be able to push this thing out. Somebody say push. All right, so let's just break this context down. For those, again, that are taking notes, I want you to understand this breakdown of push. I'm going to break down all the letters, and then we'll work, it, work this thing out together. Amen? All right, so the first word for push is P. Right, P. First letter. There we go. Help me out, Aaron. The first letter is, pu- is P for the word push, which is going to be your position. All right? I ain't going there, and we're good. All right, all right. So the, the, the second letter that we're going to work with is you, which is going to be understand. The S is going to be share. I'm going to help you all with this whole thing. And then the last letter, which is H, help me out, is going to be hold. Okay? So we got P for push, we have your position, we have understand, we have share, and we have hold. All right, so let's, let's go ahead and break this whole thing down. Let's deal with first your position. Let's look at Mary's position. I think Mary is a good picture to us to be able to allow us to understand the position. We have to be in the right position when it's time to push. All right, we have to be in the right position when it's time to push. So let's look at and see what, what's Mary's position. What's Mary's position? Luke 1, we're going to stay right here in, this, in the book of Luke. Luke 1, verses 38, it makes this statement. In verse 38, it says, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me, According to thy word, and the angel departed from her. Now, what Mary in this context is saying is, I don't understand it. I don't have a full comprehension of how you're going to impregnate me. I get what you, what you just laid out. But understand, I, I take this position. Whatever you're about to do, I'm willing to do it. Whatever you're about to do, I'm willing to not only do it, but I'm willing to receive it. I say yes in this posture. This is the position that I stand in is I'm willing. This is my position. Whatever you're about to do, I'm willing. I'm willing. However you want to make this happen, however you're going to do this, I'm willing. Now, now, just, just to be able to allow us to compare the context of our natural and this context of what we're talking about here, for you to, one, get pregnant, you had to be willing. Okay, y'all, this, this side of the room don't want to talk, so I'm going to come back over here. So, you had to be willing in, th- in this context to get pregnant. Let, let's just be real. You had to be willing. Now also for this context of being able to birth what you let happen. You have to be now willing to push. Because eventually if you're not willing to push. Then there's other measures that have to now be taken in place. So I have to be in a place, in a position, my posture, my position has to be, I'm willing to do it. Yes. 
Whatever that is, whatever this looks like, I'm willing to do it. Now, let, let's just get real under, let's sit in this story to be able to have a clear understanding, Ms. Karen. Let, let's, let's just help this out. I just told you that you're about to get pregnant. I just told you that the, the way you're about to get pregnant is by the Holy Ghost. You are a virgin. You're not even married yet. So answer this question for me. In your yes, do you know how it's going to end? Do you know what's going to transpire after you get pregnant? Do you know what's going to happen while you're pregnant? Do you know how people are going to treat you? Do you act towards you in the midst of and after you just giving birth? So let me ask you a question in the same form. If he placed something in you, do you know what that's going to look like in the end? If he gave you a gift, do you know what that's going to look like in the end? Do you know what's going to happen when he gave it to you and how he ends it? Do you know what that's going to look like? So your yes has to stay in the right position. Now, what I'm saying in the position is your position can't change. So it's not just my position in the entry. I'm, I'm putting myself in a position to stay here. I'm staying in a position where I'm saying I'm willing. I, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm willing. I don't understand what you're going to, what the full plan of this is, but I'm willing. I'm willing to do it because you're requiring me to push. Okay, so this is, this is where her position is. I don't understand the fullness of this. But what I do know is you're saying I got to push. Now, let's look at this context of understanding. I want to be able to break this portion down a little bit more. Understand is you have to understand the assignment God gave it. Now, I want to clarify because the assignment is for her and there is an assignment for him. So the, so the assignment for her is that this is what you're about to experience. Let's read this um, in Luke, Luke, verses, uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 31. It says this. It says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. This is her assignment. He shall be great, and shall be called the son of, son of the highest, the Lord God shall be given unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. In this assignment that is given from the angel is both responsibilities. It's the responsibility or the assignment given unto the mother, but there's also an assignment given unto the son. So there's two assignments given in one instruction. This assignment is given. So that means your assignment for you might be different from your gift. Your assignment might be to carry it, but your assignment to the gift might be to change. So I have an assignment, which is to carry, but there's an, another assignment that goes with my gifting. That might be different than my assignment to carry it. So in this assignment, we have to have an understanding. I want to give you a definition for this word understand. 
Jesus. I, I just said, I told myself I was going to just teach this. So to understand is to accept as a fact or truth or regard as plausible without utter certainty. So I'm going to read this one more time. To understand is to accept as a fact or truth or regard as plausible without utter certainty. This means I understand it even though I don't understand it. I understand what you said, but I don't have the full understanding. Okay, so I understand the assignment, but I don't understand what does that mean that his kingdom is not going to have no end. What does that mean? I understand you said I got to hold him. I got to give birth to him. I get that part, but I don't understand what you're saying to my gifts assignment. Why? Because I've never seen it happen before. So how do you have a clear understanding of a gift assignment that you've never seen happen before? She's never seen anybody in her entire life be pregnant and a virgin. Nor has she seen anybody have to raise the son of God. So if the assignment on her life was to carry, she don't have a clear understanding of what this looks like for my gift. So let me ask you, do you have a clear understanding of the assignment that is in you for your gift? I don't. (laughs) I just know I have an assignment for my life. But the gift in me has another assignment that I don't have a clear understanding of. So if everybody in this room and everybody that is watching... Has, an, has a gift that God has already placed in you. Understand this. You might understand what you're supposed to do. But you might not have a clear picture of what your assignment for your gift is. Which is okay. Let me, clear, let me, hear, let me, let me say this out loud. It is okay. It's okay if you don't understand what to do with it. You just know I got it. You, if you, okay, I'm trying, my, I'm trying, Aaron, I really, really am. Because the thing is, sometimes, some people don't do nothing with the gift they have because they feel like the only way they can do something with the gift is they have to have a clear understanding on how to work it. But if you don't have a clear understanding on how to work it, what you're going to do, you're going to wait until you go? So I, I, I got to wait for me to get a clear understanding of my gift to start in it? No. You get have to have an understanding of what you're supposed to do. Not the gift. My responsibility is to work it at my best ability. So as I'm working the gift that's in me, then I'm walking in my understanding of my assignment. His job is to give the understanding of the gift that he gave. How do I know that? Because every gift that you got came with instructions. The only gift that did not come with an instruction manual was you. You didn't come with a whole manual. I wish my kids did. I wish I could have said, okay, son, okay, Juwan, he's got, all right, this is how I work him. Okay, I press these buttons of emotions and I can get him to be obedient and do that. Okay, so I can make him not cry at night so I can go to sleep. Me and my wife can sleep. We we'll be all right and we ain't got to stay up all night while he's sleeping, while he crying. Show me how to do that. Where's the instruction, man? You don't have one. Yeah. 
But for the gifts that you get, for your remote control, you got a manual. For my car, I have a manual. Everything, this microphone has a manual. Every gift outside of the person has a manual. Why? Because that's the thing that I don't understand. But I'm not going to not turn my TV on because I don't understand how to work the remote. What I do know is how to put power and these volume and channels. I know how to press that. I might not know how everything works with it. Just like some people don't know how to work with your phone fully. But you still use it. Okay. All right. Let me go to the next. Because All right. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. Because <laughs> y'all looking at me crazy. So I want you to be comfortable understanding who you are. But walking in the gift he put in you. I want you to be comfortable in that context. Now, here's the next one is S, which is for share. Let's look at Luke. We're still in the same word. Let's look at verses 36 because there's a reason, I believe, there's a reason the angel shared this information with Mary. Verse 36, it says this, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Why did the angel feel the need to share this information with Mary? Because it might be a different scenario. You ain't got a barren problem. You a virgin. She has a barren problem and she old. She's your family member, so you understand her situation. You know for years she's been waiting and praying could she have a child. So you understand the situation. But why do I need to share this with you when I'm trying to encourage you about what I'm about to do with you? It's because I'm getting you to be able to see in sharing this information. I'm getting you to see that what you think is impossible to happen, it's possible too with you. If I can make a woman that's barren have children, why can't I use a person that ain't never birthed before? So when I share what he told me or what he put in me without a clear understanding of how he did it, what it does to the person that hears it is it encourages, inspires you to be able to believe he can do it for me too. Now, but I do want to say this. Understand, he can do it for you too, but it might not look the same way. So the purpose was not to say that I want you to be inspired because he's going to do it the same way. He's going to wait for you to get bare and then got to do this. No, I'm going to do it, period. How I do it with you might not look like her, but it's still the same process. It's still something that I'm going to do that you can't do yourself. So if you feel that the only way that this is going to happen is because I'm going to sit in a corner by myself, it can't work. Because why? I need to be inspired. There are moments when you're walking with a gift that you need to be encouraged. But you can't do that if there's no one sharing what the gift is doing. 
This is what I went through. This is how God brought me out of this. This is what God did in my life. This is what I, yeah, I got a gift and this gift is kicking in me. But listen, let me tell you how it got there. And now as I'm telling you where I was and where I am, it inspires you. It encourages you to be able to say, God, then you can do this for me. You can make this happen also in my heart, in my life. Now, let me, I'm going to share this part because I believe that this is one of the most, I don't want to say it's in, it is important, but I don't want to say the most, it might be the most, but I say it's the most. It's the most important part of the whole piece. Mothers that's in the room and mothers that are watching, I need you to just do me a favor. They're going to scream louder than you probably, I promise you, um, when I make this statement. But how many people, when you were pregnant, couldn't wait to give the birth? <laughs> I'm going to explain it for the people that, like myself that really didn't have a clear understanding. Because there was a moment of excitement when they found out they were pregnant. Oh, yes, I'm about to have a baby. I'm excited. Well, I wonder what it's going to be, if it's going to be a boy, if it's going to be a girl. Da, da, da. Then what happens is it starts growing, buddy. It, it's growing inside. It's trying to find its comfort. But while it's trying to find its comfort, it's hurting all inside. So even though the gift in me is growing, it's bringing pain also at the same time. So it gets to a point where a mother says, I love you, but I need you to get out of me. (laughs) I love you and I want you. I'm excited that you're coming, but can you hurry up, please? And just come, please, can you hurry up? Because why? It's I'm experiencing pain. I'm experiencing hard moments. Now, as a man, I'm just like, hey, listen, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I can't. What, I can't, I can't rub your feet enough. I mean, I can't rub your belly enough. I don't know what you want me to do. I know you're in pain, but I can't help you. So let me ask you, is the gift in you growing to the point in you where now you're feeling the uncomfortableness of the gift? But there's moments in the life that you're living, there's moments where you're going through so much pain, some people want to just quit. Some people just want to give up. Now, it's, it's easier to say I wouldn't give up because it's a baby. But it's not as easy when don't nobody else know that you're pregnant but you. When don't nobody else know that you have a gift in you but you. And don't nobody else know and can acknowledge the frustration that you have but you. It's up to you at that point to do something. What? You have to hold on to your faith. Because in your moments of life, you will go through hard moments. But if you quit in the hard moments, you will never be able to see what's in you. So the only way that we make it from where we are currently in our pain to get to our destined point of being able to see what's in me, I have to hold on. I have to hold on to my faith. I want to read two verses of scripture. I think that this will help the context. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. This is uh, Paul 
writing this, and this is something that Paul says. Paul says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Somebody say access. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Somebody say glory in tribulation. Yeah, I know y'all didn't really want to say that. It's okay. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not a shame, but the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So let me explain in a simpler form what just, what just came out of this conversation. Your faith is giving you access to the grace that you need. Now, the word favored for Mary, where it says, Mary, you are highly favored, is actually this context of word, grace. You are highly graced by God. So this, this context of what Paul is saying is Paul says, you've been given access by faith into this grace that you need for the thing that's in you. You've been given access to this, but understand there's going to come tribulations. But know this, when tribulations come, it's going to work patience. And that patience is going to give unto you a new experience. But that experience is going to also give unto you hope. And this, this from your access of faith, walking in tribulation, what he doesn't say is stop holding faith. In the process of going through tribulation, I need faith. My experience is because I didn't let go of faith. So I need faith when I'm going through tribulation, which helps work my patience. Meaning this context, I can't wait till this is over. But until it's over, I got to trust and believe that what God said is going to happen is going to happen. So I got to hold my faith and just be patient enough to be able to wait till he does what he said he's going to do. But while I'm waiting in patience, I'm experiencing something with God that I didn't experience before. How can I make this practical? Let me show you. Because when you got pregnant, you experienced something you didn't have before. You ate stuff that you never ate before. You had cravings for stuff that you ain't never craved before. Matter of fact, some of y'all didn't crave it after it was over. I, I, you know, it's the weirdest things in this guy. I've never understood why pregnant people crave pickles. And ice cream combinations. I never understood it. Um, I, I never understood why cravings come at the weirdest hour. I'm, I was tired, Aaron. Please forgive me. I was tired. This is before COVID. This is when Walmart was actually 24 hours. And, uh, and I would have to go in the midnight hour, not to pray, but to go to Walmart to go get some ice cream and some snacks and stuff. Because my wife was craving stuff that we didn't have in the house and I had to go to the store, no matter if I was tired or not, 
and uh, make sure that I got that all this was happening, but I never did it after my boys were born. After my sons were born, I didn't have to do midnight rounds. When my sons were born, I didn't have to go, and can you go find something that I ain't never seen in the store? I don't even know if it's in there or not, but I'm going to have to go anyway because I know you're frustrated and you in whatever experience you having you need something to help you in that experience so I experience something that I don't normally experience but here's the thing that I recognize is in my experience I learned something that I hadn't learned before so in the midst of me going through my tribulations there are things that I experience with God that I might not have ever experienced if I didn't go through them but if I lose my faith in the midst of all of this, I would have never experienced it. I would have never experienced how God can be able to keep me when I feel like I'm lost. I would have never been able to experience how God could really provide for me when I don't got money. I would have never been able to experience how God actually comforts you when I did when I went through lost. I would have never been able to experience him the way that I experienced him if in the moment of tribulation I lost my faith. So we have to hold on to our faith so we can make it to the other end. Let's, I'm going to make it, let me help, okay, let me help it. Here's, here's the reality. For those that are probably, those that are watching, you don't know anything about my life, nor does half of these people probably in this room. But here's an experience. The assignment was Colorado Springs. This is the assignment. This is the assignment. <laughs> this is the assignment. The assignment was go to Colorado Springs. I didn't understand what was that assignment for my gift. But now I'm in the assignment. But I'm also still going through tribulations. If I let go of my faith while I'm walking in the assignment... I'll lose out on whatever was supposed to be produced. So no matter what I'm experiencing right now, I can't let go of my faith. So I have to hold on to my faith so I can get to what I'm hoping happens. Because the only reason, let's, let's clear this, the only reason why I have hope at the end is because of what I had faith for in the beginning. How can I say that? Because the Bible says faith is the substance of things what? It's the evidence of things not seen. So my faith gives me this opportunity to have something to hope for. In between is patience. In between is experience. In between is all of this tribulation to get me to my hope. But I have to still hold on to my faith. I can't let go of my faith. Now, let's hear, I want you to see this for all of us, is this. This is, this is how I believe the gift in us, just like the gift that was given unto Mary, 
is vitally important for you not to let go of. Because Mary understood that what the angel said was, you're about to get pregnant. And how this is going to happen is a supernatural move. But after you give birth to this baby, this baby is about to be a world changer. This baby is what everybody has been waiting for. So what you're about to produce is not only going to change you. It's about to change the world. But Mary can't lose faith. Because if Mary lost faith, we wouldn't have a savior. So in the same context, that means what he put in me is to change worlds. Now, here's the thing. This is the, well, I want to be able to explain this because this is important for us to understand. Sometimes when we hear this context that the gift in me is supposed to change the world, we're thinking about the earth. So when we hear that he's about to change the world, we take this context to believe he's about to change planet earth. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he's about to change worlds. What are worlds? Systems, operations, certain functions in different areas. But it's your gift that changes those worlds. Now you might say, well, my only gift is I'm a cleaner. Well, clean. Because the world that you're about to change, you don't even understand. But the only thing I do is I'm a writer. Well, write! Because you don't know what world you're about to change. It's your gift is supposed to change the world. But what happens is we believe or think that my gift has to be on a certain form of stage to change the earth. But I'm not asking you to change the earth. I'm changing a world. Now, let's, 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 let's bring it more clear. If I'm operating in my gift and you're involved in my operations, your world changed. So I'm not, I don't have to change billions of lives. I just need to change one. So if my gift in me changes only one or two, I've done my job. But here's the real problem. We birth the gift, but don't build the gift. So that's like a mother that pushes out her baby but leaves them at the hospital. You don't feed it. You don't change it. You don't nurture it. You don't pour into it. You, you, you just literally say, I'm going to push the gift, but I'm going to leave it on the operation table. So I, I looked up and I was looking up different mothers throughout the scripture, Sister Scott, and it was, it was just an amazing, amazing moment. And um, while I was looking at this throughout scripture, one of the things I recognized is there was a woman that we know, but we don't know by name. Because if I named her, I promise you, you, did, you don't know, because I, I know for sure I didn't. Somebody in this room, just for clarification, you, won't, you watching online, tell me this. What's the name of Moses' mother? Yep, Moses' mother. That's exactly what her name is, <laughs> Moses' mother. But guess what? Let me show you how powerful this context is. 
Some of us, when we look at Moses' storyline, we only look at the aspect that Moses was now, he was basically adopted into this royal household. And we look at it and say that because of this royal household, that's why he became this strong and type of mighty man that he was. But what we forget to understand is while he was in this house of kingship and in this house of royalty, he had a woman by the name, by his mother's name, I ain't even going to do that and jack y'all all up, but by his mother's name, his mother was actually his name. So she did not just birth him and leave him to the world system to be able to grow him. She says, let me be a part of the system of making sure you are developed the way that my gift is supposed to be. So I'm going to teach my gift, pour into my gift, let my gift know that they have boundaries and limitations. Let me make sure my gift is groomed enough to be a savior. Because here's the reality, what you don't hear after he's an adult, what you don't hear after he's now come to this revelation of who he is, what you don't hear no more is about his mother. But what you do hear is about all the people that this gift that she produced just saved. Because she made sure she took the time to groom it. So I'm going to ask this in a pragmatic state because, again, this is still Mother's Day, so I love y'all enough to ask you this question. Would you leave your child to be raised by life. If you wouldn't let your child be raised by life, why would you let your gift? Well, I can't use this because I went through this. And I went, I can't do this because I experienced that. Well, no, last time I tried, this person didn't want to. And last time I did this, this person said it wasn't good enough. Why are you allowing your gift to be raised by life? When you wouldn't let your child be raised by life. So if I'm not going to allow my gift to be groomed, nurtured, shaped, and developed by life, that means I have to know and understand the giver, what did you want this gift to look like? I got to talk to the one that gave me the gift. How did you want this to look? I might think that I'm supposed to be in doing X, Y, and Z. How is my gift really supposed to look like, though? Did you put me in this department just for me to be in the department? Or did you use, you put me here so my gift can do something in here? What, 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 what did you think about my gift when you put it in me? And how you want this gift to develop, I'm still pushing. Because I'm staying in the position to say, God, I'm willing I'm staying in the position where I got, I want to have an understanding. God, I'm still, I'm, every time you share something with me, I'm going to share something with somebody else. I promise you, while I'm going through understanding the gift you put in me, I'm going to keep holding on to my faith. Only thing I need you to do is give me a glimpse of how this is going to look. I don't need to know the whole picture. Because here's reality, if I showed you the whole picture, you'll run from it. 
If I showed you how all of this is going to work, you would quit anyway. And if you're going to quit with the trials, how you think you're going to quit with the blessings? But because we look at this context of saying, God, I don't understand while I'm here. And he's saying, but if I showed you, you will quit me. So I can't let you see what I see, but you just got to trust. I know what I'm doing. Hold on to your faith. So in this moment, the question that we all have to ask, we have to all ask and understand is this. Is God, I have an assignment. The assignment on my life is to carry what you put in me. Simon on my life is to get close enough that I can hear the voice of the one that's giving me this gift. That's the assignment on my life. But God, I ask that you show me the assignment for the gift that you put in me. And every moment that we see the story lays out One thing after another, while Mary is watching this son that she has been raising, Mary is watching him grow and develop and become the man that he is. Let me show you how I know that I want to know and understand the assignment as I go. How? There's a moment where Jesus, they went to their normal yearly event. They went to the temple. While they're at the temple, Jesus slid away in the crowd and was sitting amongst some scholars. Scripture says that Mary and Joseph, they left town and thought they had their son in the back seat. They drove a couple miles away and turned back around and was like, Jesus, what you doing back there? You too quiet. And they didn't hear nothing. They said, wait a minute, Jesus, did you just hear me call you, boy? And he says nothing. And they look and they recognize, man, I left my baby at church. They turn their car around, they go back to the church, and now they're fussing at Jesus. Watch this understanding. Jesus says, why is you tripping? Don't you, didn't you understand when he gave me to you that the assignment that I had was different from you? You could have left. But I'm doing my father's business. i got to sit here because this is the assignment on me. And and from that point to when he goes, you don't hear her questioning, why are you doing work? Because she now understands the gift here is different. Oh, I'm getting a clearer understanding of what what you do. And she understood to the point, and I'll just say this, and then I'm going to wrap this up, but I'll say this because I believe this is a context of understanding the gift. We celebrate Jesus was at a party. It had to be a family function based upon the culture and the time. It had to be a family function, and we get excited because he had this family function, and they won out of wine, and we're just excited because Jesus turned water into wine. You know, bless the Lord. But here's the real reality. She understood the gift that Jesus was so much that even when Jesus said, it's not my time, she said, listen, I I know what he says. I understand the gift now. He's going to tell you all some instructions. Just follow whatever he say. And she leaves the room. She understood. I understand you don't know it's your time. 
But your assignment says you're helping those that are in need. I'm in need. This is my job. This is a part of my business. I need you to make sure my business don't go under by this job. This is a big job. We got a king sitting at the table. We cannot be able to provide him what he normally gets. So Jesus, it's your time. Disciples, you listen to him, whatever he say, because I understand now the assignment on this gift. So I can walk away knowing that because I understand it, he going to do it. Here's the, let's be real. If it wasn't really his time, he wouldn't have done it. If he wasn't supposed to do it, he would have rather been disobedient to his mother than disobey God. So because of this context, we understand she saw something in the gift that the gift didn't even know. So what that also means for us is I can talk to my gift and say, gift, you got to do this. Why? Because I understand your assignment. So there's moments where I got to talk to my gift and say, listen, I know we're tired. I know it's been a hard week, but you're going to have to get yourself together. Because what? Because somebody's coming for the gift and I can't have you acting hard hearted. I I know I I can't have you failing now. Why? Because the gift in me, I understand my assignment. Yep, I understand I'm supposed to be in Colorado, but I understand something about my assignment. My assignment sets people free. You got to kick in. Not because of me, but because of the gift. I know what's it. I know what the Holy Ghost put in me. So in moments of where you're going to go or you are going through hard moments, moments where you are pushing this gift of yours out, go through the process of saying, God, let me understand what you gave me. Let me understand what you told me. I got it. You you told me this is what you gifted me to do. I got that. Let me have an understanding of it now. Is my God, did you just gift me to raise kids? Let me understand how to do it. Did you just give me a gift to be a teacher? Show me how you wanted this to be done. However you gifted, give me an understanding. Because I don't want to push out something I can't raise. So if I want to push something out that's going to grow and develop, I need an understanding. I need to understand. I don't want to understand the whole picture. Just give me enough just to take another step. And, and, and I'm a, I, I'll say this. I got a few minutes on the clock, and I'll say this just like this. Nana. You know, just, just, just for the sake of this is how I talk to my, to, to my dad. Listen, dad. Now, listen. You told me this is where I'm supposed to be. You told me this is my assignment. This is what you told me. And then your word tells me this too. You said that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'm following you. I'm following what you said. But the gift in me needs an understanding. I need you to give me clarity. I need you to give me ins- I need you to open this thing up because if you don't, I don't know how to work this without you. So I need you to share with me something I can hold on. It don't have to be, I just need something. 
So what God will do, God will send somebody that don't know nothing about my situation. And be like, God told me to tell you this is what he about to do in your life. Oh, that's all I needed. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, that's all I needed. When I moved here, I got, a call, I got calls from people and texts from people. That I, don't even, I don't even know how they got my number. Like, how you get my number? That's, I'm going to change my whole number because I don't need you random people just text. But I was like, when I read it, I'm like, hey, man, thank you. I'm going to just put you in and give you my updated number so we can stay in contact because what you just gave me was the faith I needed to hold on to through this journey. So our prayer should be, God, just give me an understanding. Just give me an understanding. You gifted me. Give me an understanding. What do you want me to do with this gift? Just give me an understanding. And if you give me an understanding, this is my promise. This is what Mary's yes said. I'll not only hold it, but I'll grow it. That was her yes. Her yes included, I'll not only hold this, but I'll grow this. And I'll grow it based upon my assignment. Let's all stand. Give God a praise.